Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Possum University Podcast, the podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie. I am a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're recapping our crazy week, tackling a potty training issue, sharing an important victory for dog owners, and more coming up. What a week. It has been crazy. That was my stool. Just made a loud bang for some reason. John literally was just saying that he deserves a better stool. I do. <laughs> I'm getting like poked in the butt by these uh, screws that come up from under it. Well, you need a better you need a better stool. Yes. So last episode, you heard us tease that we were going to be on the radio, which was amazing. So freaking cool. We had such an amazing time. I can't even put into words all week. My clients, my current clients have been asking me all about it. And I just, I don't have enough time to explain it all. No, not enough time. It was, the it whole was thing, just so cool. We, we actually had a 11 minute slot. So 8 a.m. to 8, 11. When it was all said and done, Elvis held up the time card, 8, 11. And it was like 8, 24, 8, 25. And he goes, this was the time we were supposed to end. So yeah. we literally got a 24 minute segment. It was That's, so freaking cool. I'm, I can't get over it. And they were all so nice. And I mean, John and I have been listening to them forever. And it was just, I mean, obviously we knew how amazing Elvis was. Did not get disappointed when we met the rest of the crew. No, not at all. And from what we've heard, everybody that was listening loved the segment. So yeah. I'm very happy about that. And so we, many questions. Yes. And we made a bunch of new friends who were listening. So, so many people, which I'm surprised, reached out because they want virtual training. Obviously, they don't live by us, and it's something that they really wanted to do. I guess we showed our skills, and they were able to really understand how we train and, and our knowledge, and and that we can kind of pretty much tackle any situation that's thrown our way, and I think it was really great for them to see because now they understand what we can do, and they're reaching out for virtual trainings. Yeah, and it gives people a lot of resources because these are... Weird times. These are really weird Maybe times. A lot of people want a stranger in your house. Yeah. But you you need someone to intervene with your dog. Yes. People are getting. Uh, I get. I get the phrase. I feel like we're headed down a bad path unless we have someone from an outside perspective come in and help, which is most of the time very true. And it's great that people can recognize that. Yes. Uh, the virtual trainings are great. A lot of people say, "Are they still as as effective as someone coming to your home?" And I mean. Can I say 100% yes, they're effective? It definitely depends on what your issue is with your dog and what you're working on. But you would be surprised how much I can get done through a virtual training. Right. I mean, you've been doing these virtual trainings for a while now from since before. Seven the, months. Since, no, since oh, before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, you're right. We've had this for a while. So you've kind of ironed out all the creases and it, it runs really smoothly and people are very happy with it. And, you know, we'll cover a topic. And if you're teaching them something, let's say you're teaching them touch or look, mm -hmm. we have videos that we send to them after the virtual training. And then they can follow those videos and make sure they're doing everything correctly. They can then send you the video of what they're doing. Yes, absolutely. So it's really removed a lot of the margin for error. And you've had a, a ton of success with them so far. And you've mm -hmm. had people who started virtual and then you've gone in person if they're in our area. So it kind of helps them save money than not having to pay the full training price. Absolutely. So it's it's a it's a great resource. Yes, I agree. So did you see this? What Petco put out? Uh, I did. I saw it very briefly, and I was very excited. So this like maybe I wasn't paying attention, but this came out of nowhere. I mean, I feel like if if there was 
something that they were going to put out, like we would have picked up on it. But I feel like it came out of nowhere as well. I don't think anything was led into. That's what makes it so much better. So Petco put out a statement and it's stop the shock. And right at the beginning of Wait, wait. Explain the graphic because I love it. It's a, was it a Weimaraner? Uh, No, it's a Vishla. Sorry, a Vishla. And they're not even, well, they look kind of similar. They look similar, different colors. Uh, it's a Vishla with a shock collar and scissors that are edited over it, cutting the shock collar off. So I think you know where we're headed with this. October 6, 2020, it ends today in giant letters. Today, we stop the pain for Buddy because he barks at the doorbell. We stop the stress for Sadie because she jumps for joy all over the neighbors when they walk in the door. And we stop the fear for Cooper because he prefers a good pair of sneakers over all the chew toys on the market. As of today, Petco no longer sells shock collars operated by a person with a remote in hand. Because as a health and wellness company dedicated to improving pet lives, they have no business in our business. And frankly, we believe there's a better way. So today we say out with shock collars and in with positive training. We say goodbye to remote controls that cause pain and hello to expert trainers who mentor pets and pet parents with positivity, patience, and compassion. Today we call on the rest of the pet industry and anyone who loves pets to join our movement and help us drive positive change beyond just Petco. Today, we encourage anyone using or looking for shock collars to consider training with treats instead of electricity and partnership instead of pain. In fact, we'll cover your first positive training class if you'll let us. Learn what we're taking off our shelves and add your voice to our petition below. And thank you for always helping us give all pets their very best life. Today, we hashtag stop the shock. That's from Ron Coughlin, Petco CEO. I could could cry. Ron Coughlin, thank you, sir. That's all I can really say. For for a company as large as Petco, I'm sure there's a ton of revenue that comes in from selling these products because where else could you just, you have Petco, PetSmart, and maybe a local neighborhood shop. Absolutely. That's huge. Yeah. They're, they're choosing to obviously take a hit on their income, but for what they believe in. That's when the morals come into play. And we both always preferred Petco. Yes. For those of you that don't know, PetSmart is very not Pitbull friendly. Or uh, any of the big terrier breeds to be completely honest it's literally in their mm-hmm. their rules like if they're doing daycare or grooming like they have limitations on certain breeds and, and it's pit bulls yeah they so, won't let them into their daycare they won't let them into their trainings they won't let them do anything because they have to quote unquote keep the community safe right so big middle finger to pets more, absolutely petco's always been good and our local petco always works with rescues and gets dogs out the door mm-hmm. for them they do a lot of re, um what's it called outreach outreaches i couldn't yes. think of the word outreaches but this is this, this is, is beyond huge. and then to go beyond it and now they're providing information to try and sway people's opinions like these are the big voices that need to be speaking mm-hmm. and it's like to see that today just the fact that they said they'll uh pay for your first positive reinforcement training is just i mean they're they're just like losing money here and they don't care and I think that's amazing. Somebody stepped up and said, listen, this is not right. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad because here's the thing. For years, we've, and even in our past episode where we talked about the shock collar for my little friend, my little chihuahua guy, and I went through all the reasons why this is not good for him and not good for any dog. That's the episode, the shocking truth about shock collars. Yes. Yeah. Um, during that episode, we talked about studies that have been done. There are tons of them that everything points to positive reinforcement, science-based training. This is what works. This is longevity-wise and 
in terms of relationship with your dog, this is the way to go. And I'm so happy that a big corporation like Petco realized that you can't ignore these studies or these these answers anymore. They're right in your face. And I'm so glad that they're stepping up and hopefully everybody else will follow suit. If a big corporation can do it, why can't you? Why can't everybody do what they're doing? They obviously see the value in just positive reinforcement training rather than a shock collar. Right. And it's important to note that when they're saying shock collars, they're not referring to the electric collars that go with the electric fences or invisible fences. Yes, those are very different. Yes. And we're not opposed to those, but this is specifically the collars that are controlled by a remote control or are controlled when they hear your dog bark, they shock them. Anything that's to correct a behavior, either manually or automatically, not including uh, invisible fences because the premise behind an invisible fence, and it's something that we also agree with, we don't do the training for it, but we don't tell people not to do it. It's to keep your dog safe. Yes. it's Fences are damn expensive, let me tell you. They make it really hard for you to get, especially if you have a large property, they make it very hard for you to keep your dog safe. There's also a ton of dogs. How many times do we see clients who are like, my, my dog will dig out of this yeah. fence in mm-hmm. a heartbeat? Most of our clients that have it are fenced in by like a six foot fence and their dog will either jump it or like John said, they'll try and break out or dig under. It's very, very dangerous. Uh, and, you know, even even in our experience working at the shelters and stuff like that, some people are snarky. And, and if someone in the industry that believes what, what we believe and, and is a trainer like us, they have a, an electric fence. Other Other people in the industry will, you know, bash them for it. And in my opinion, I'm sorry, but if... You have an electric fence solely to keep your dog safe. Good for you. Because I've seen dogs that have had regular fences jump it and get hit by cars. So what do you do? Would you not let your dogs outside anymore? So you have to do what you have to do at some point. But that's really in terms of just keeping your dog safe on your property. All right. And again, it's not something that we would train. Um, Those companies do that anyway. Yeah. They show you how to properly use them. Because every... every, um, Every company's different, so they got to show the parents how to use it properly. And I know a recent client did this for their dog who literally jumps their six-foot friends through trees that I would say they're like um, like kind of like Christmas trees, but de- decorative for outside. They're like 13 feet tall, and they're next to each other. So it's not it's like a wall of trees, and he'll just jump right through it to get to the what dogs on the other He's He's a pity. Wow. He's insane. He has, I feel like he's like Oakley, like he doesn't have any, like his pain threshold is just through the roof. Like he doesn't get affected by pain at all. Like he's like, oh, what? What's the matter? I'm like, you just launched yourself through seven trees. Nothing? No response? You're fine? Okay. What's the movie where it's, are you okay? Are you sure? You just went through a wall. <laughs> um, My dad always, what is it? The, I think the rock's in it. I don't know. It's, it's a car chase and a passenger car goes through like a, a median and the guy comes out and the cop goes, you all right? And the guy goes, yeah, I'm okay. He goes, are you sure? Because you just went through a wall. <laughs> Me and my dad joke about Not that all funny. the time. Oh, is it gone in 60 seconds? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> no, the Rock is not in that movie. No. You're thinking of Nicolas Cage. Yes. What can I do? Very different sizes. Uh, it's true. Anyway, back to the electric fences. Um, I know when they got it because they have a very, very big property and I give them kudos for this because it's ginormous new house they're a young couple and they paid all this money and now they need an an electric fence on top of it so kudos for them to keeping their dog safe 
And um, I know when they got it, I think the company came out three to four times to train the dogs. I was just about to say something. I totally went blank. That's all right. That happens to me all day long. <laughs> but that's your mom brain. It is my mom brain. Never came back after pregnancy. So, Petco. Yes. Two thumbs up. So proud. Drive right past your local PetSmart and go to your local Petco. Or if you, honestly, we prefer to shop our neighborhood places. But mm-hmm. if your only choice is PetSmart and Petco, you know where to go. Yes. Petco, it's where the pets go, right? That's their saying, yeah. That was... They've been around that forever. Was smooth. Okay. So, going on from stopping the shock... Are you ready for today's fun fact? I am ready. All right. This is a little long-winded, so be ready for it. A new study posted the Journal of Animal Cognition finds that clicker training is considered a welfare-friendly way of teaching novel behaviors to animals because it is mostly based on positive reinforcement. However, trainers largely vary in their way of applying this training technique. According to most, a reward should follow every click, while others claim that dogs learn faster when the reward is sometimes omitted. One argument against the use of partial rewarding is that it induces frustration in the animal, raising concerns over its welfare consequences. Here we investigated the effect of the partial rewarding not only on training efficacy or learning speed, but also on dogs' effective state. We clicker trained two groups of dogs. One group received food after every click, while the other group received food only 60% of the time. Considering previous evidence of the influencing role of personality on reactions to frustrated expectations, We included measurements of dogs' emotional reactivity. We compared the number of trials needed to reach a learning criterion and their pessimistic bias in a cognitive bias test. No difference between the two groups emerged in terms of learning speed. However, dogs that were partially rewarded during clicker training showed a more pessimistic bias than dogs who were continuously rewarded. Generally, emotional reactivity was positively associated with a more pessimistic bias. Partial rewarding does not improve training efficacy but it is associated with a negatively balanced effective state, bringing support to the hypothesis that partial rewarding might negatively affect dogs' welfare. So what does this mean? Not rewarding at every click does not affect learning speed, but it does negatively impact your dog's emotions. You don't look surprised. No, because that's so dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry, like what in your mind would, would make you think that that would work? Partially treating them. I would just get pissed off and Apparently, not want to do anything. Thing. No, if I was partially treated and I didn't know when I was going to get treated and when I wasn't, I'd be pissed. Because we already know that dogs, especially if they're seeing another dog being trained, are aware of the fact that they're not getting a treat. Mm-hmm. And if you, it gets even worse. If you treat one dog and don't treat another dog, they start to hone in. Like they become jealous of that. Like you're making them stressed out. We're trying to make healthy, happy dogs here. You don't really like clicker training, right? Or it's I'm not, not that you don't fan. like it. It's just not for you. No, because I find it very unrealistic. And that's just me. I'm a very realistic trainer. I, I don't train dogs to be robots. I train them to be happy, healthy family dogs that fit well into a family. And maybe for some families that are very, really diligent about how they do things, like very scheduled and, and very... Um, proper in certain things I I just it's not me I never have been like that I'm a very laid-back person and I find having a clicker around to be annoying (laughs) and um you might lose it and you might misplace it and then what do you do if you don't have your clicker well the idea behind it correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not huge on clicker training I did it a little bit at the shelter but 
generally it's the same idea as like when you say yes after they do something right. Exactly. It's something that's going to immediately indicate to them that they did something right and that a treat is on the way because you can click a lot faster than you can pull a treat out of your bag. But you could easily just use your your mouth and say yes. And I'm a hell of a lot more likely to lose a clicker rather than my voice. Yes. And and you're always going to have your voice on you unless you get like laryngitis or something. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's very unlikely. Yeah. It does make a lot more sense to just say yes or whatever your good job is like that's yeah that takes your good boy your good girl because you know at the end of the day let's say you do a clicker for every single time you want the dog to come inside so you do a click and they hear it and they come running why not just do the touch command Mm -hmm. yeah it makes you're using your voice and it's a different command rather than um when you use a clicker train method for everything they don't really know what you want they're just looking back to you for food. Right. The, the click is a cue that food's on the way. It's not. That's why I think it's it's better. Like when I said we used it in the shelter, we used it for quiet. for quiet. Yes. So it had a very specific meaning. If they heard the clicker, it meant, okay, stop barking. And that was really helpful, especially around like 1230 when the first groups of adopters would start walking through the adoption floor. And obviously a lot of these dogs would have barrier reactivity. And then the dogs that didn't have barrier reactivity would have dog reactivity and they hear dogs barking so they start going and it's just this like never-ending wave of barking yes so we did click for quiet to kind of facilitate getting them to be quiet but at the same time like if you're using it like that uh yes the clicker they can hear it a lot better but at the same time you still have to get that treat into their dig which is not as easy it's a little work yeah but it it had one specific meaning yes and it was so much easier right and I, I, I like it better that way. I'm not saying that clicker training doesn't work or it's not good. Yes, it's just we're not, not against clicker training. It's just it doesn't fit our mold and how we train. And that's yeah. a, there's nothing wrong with that. Every trainer does their own thing. Yeah, the IAABC says to to clicker train. They would just prefer not to. Yeah. They don't, they don't say you have to to be one of their uh, behavioral consultants, but that's like that's their curriculum, what they recommend. Mm-hmm. Every, every trainer is different. There's uh, more than one way to skin a cat, right? Yes. Yeah, no, there's got to be a more animal-friendly... saying so strange. Oof. I wonder what the origin is. <laughs> I don't want to know. All right. Isn't that what they do on um, the morning show with Elvis? They'll, oh. like, go into a saying and then, like, research where it came from, and it's usually horrible. I have most of the sayings Saved by the awful. bell. Saved by the bell is for when people died, and they didn't know if they were dead or not, like, fully dead, so they'd put a bell in their coffin with them. On so their toe, heard, right? If you heard the bell, the person was alive, so you'd have to dig them up. Like, that's terrifying. I use that phrase all the time. I really feel like that should be taught in school. Like, hey, if you wake up and you're in a dark box, like, shake your toes because <laughs> you got a bell on there. Like, that's... you think they'd give us a warning. I always thought it was, um, like, you didn't do your homework and the teacher hasn't collected it yet, and then the bell goes... Yeah, I think that's where the the show came from, Saved by the Bell. But the complete origin is from when people thought you were dead and you weren't. <laughs> what a life! See, that's why I don't Strange. look up these origins because they're scary. Almost all of them. It's are. usually never a good thing. Never. T- times were dark. They were. You got a life expectancy of twenty three years old. So, Oof. the good old days. <laughs> all right. So we have a ton of ask the trainer questions more than we could ever get to in one episode. So we're obviously going to space these out and finish up each episode going forward with an Ask the Trainer question. We're still going to do full Q&A episodes, but when we have these really good questions like the one I'm about to share, 
I think it's better to space them out so that we can really dedicate some time to it. Yes. So Lauren, I think she may be a new listener, says, good morning. Love y'all's podcast. Thank you for that, by the way. I have a Boston Terrier who is about to be 10 in October. Over the past eight months, she's been peeing nonstop in the house. We moved into a new house about five months ago and has only gotten worse. We also added a new baby to the mix five months ago. We have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a five-month-old. We have taken her to the vet, and they said she is healthy, so no problems there. She is at a healthy weight. We still take her on walks. She will pee right in front of me. I literally picked her up, and she was still peeing. I don't know what to do for this sweet girl. She has always been well-potty trained, but this last year has been a struggle. She also has to go down the stairs outside to get to the actual yard to use the restroom. Most of the time, we'll just pee on the deck to avoid going down the stairs. I don't know if it's just old age, moving a new baby, or all three. I would be grateful for any suggestions. Ton of moving parts there, huh? Yes. So I'm going to say that it's probably, like she said at the end, it's probably a combo of of everything going on. I think so. I think that she's stressed out. Um, COVID has done everybody dirty and we've talked about this in previous episodes as well uh the stress i was actually just talking about this today with a new client we had a consult and um they very similarly not peeing so much but barking so kind of just flop the two um and the dog this dog's not old but you know we were talking about the stress this dog was used to mom and dad going to work every day and they would come home uh she would get a kong before they left And she was happy. And I mean, she would bark, but nothing crazy. And then they had a baby and she had the baby December and then obviously COVID hit. So she's been home since November, mom. And we've talked about this before, but dogs should be sleeping 12 to 14 hours a day. And when we're home, we're messing that up. So especially for an anxious dog, like Oakley, he, he, yes, he's excited that we're home, but he takes his schnoozes. Don't, uh, don't get me wrong. He's, he's a sleepy boy, but like this current client that I'm, that I'm working with, she is very much so hyper-focused, anxious, needy. And so now that mom and dad are home, especially now that they're focused on this, this 10 month old, uh, she's not sleeping. So she'll lay down on the couch and watch mom with the baby and her eyes are wide open and she's just like sitting there watching her. So these are the times when she should be sleeping and taking a nap. And I think a lot of dogs are experiencing this and we're, we're just messing up their sleep cycles. They're becoming very ornery and they're not listening as well and they don't know what to do with themselves. They're becoming very anxious. So I think that this is exactly what our listener Lauren is dealing with. Um, even though the dog is a little bit older, I think just everybody being home, the new baby, there's probably stress going on because again, we're not living normal lives. This is very strange for us. So we're also stressed out. A lot of people um, especially they have kids, they're probably under a great deal of stress. And I'm wondering if it got worse once school started um, or got better once school started. Um, so I think the stress is definitely a huge issue here, but also her age. If she is having an issue going down those stairs and she's deliberately going on the deck, which I think is a really great part of the story that Lauren did mention. Um, I'm very happy that she said that because she's basically telling us like, I really don't want to go down these steps. I'm just going to pee here because I, I just can't do it. Right. So I think like maybe like uh, just like some joint pain that's stopping her from probably I mean 10 that's usually around the age where they start to feel it for a Boston Terrier. I mean, it makes me think of Bruno, which is my mm-hmm. Boston Terrier who passed away at 12, which is a little early. May he rest um, in peace. But he we think that he might have had a tumor in his brain and it was just wasn't good. Yeah. Um, But he became incontinent 
at about 10, right? He okay, so he passed at 12. Pee. That was two years into our relationship. Yeah, yeah. He, he wore diapers for about two years. Um, and he would do it right in front of them. Yes. He would just come into the room and lift his leg right on right on the recliner. So I, I know that you had taken her to the vet already, but... I would have I would a, get a second, second opinion. opinion. I was thinking the same exact um, thing when you were reading it. Because 10 is not a spring chicken anymore. No. I would definitely get a second opinion if hopefully your vet did run like a urinalysis, which is where they're going to check for white blood cells in the urine to mm-hmm. check for an infection. Um, hopefully they did that. I mean, this has been going on for a while now. So an untreated infection for this long would probably, She'd probably be become a bigger now. issue. Yeah. But, but yeah, checking the definitely hips. Check, check like the joints. Maybe it's too painful to make it out. I don't know how active she is when the bathroom isn't involved. Like if she'll go chase a ball or something. I would also maybe ask the the vet or the, the second vet, if you get a second opinion, to maybe do blood work just to make sure everything's normal. Yeah. Because it's, it's not super typical to have these issues and it just kind of randomly surfacing in a, mm-hmm. in a 10 year old. Yeah. Uh, so I would definitely, definitely exhaust every possible medical cause. Yeah, UTIs usually won't sticks out to us the most. And if you, if your dog is having a similar issue, maybe you're not Lauren in this, and maybe Lauren's dog doesn't have a UTI. But just so you guys know, check the hoo ha area. If it's red, irritated, swollen for females. Yes, for females. Um, if but they're licking, way more likely in females. Yes. Um, that is usually a symptom of a UTI, them peeing a lot frequently, tiny pees. Um, it's just like... And sometimes very offensive odors. Oh, from yeah, the they pee. smell. Very fishy. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, Not always, but... Yeah, it, it's common. So, you know, if those are kind of symptoms that your dog is dealing with out of out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, my God, why is my dog peeing in the house? It may be UTI. They're, they are very common. They happen... Um, if your dog has like a recessed vulva or something like that, they're even more common. So just keep up up on that to make sure everything's okay. Why was Zoe randomly peeing? Do you remember? Zoe was, was randomly limes? okay. So Zoe was randomly peeing because she had the limes. I think it sent her nervous system into overdrive. And remember, she was just screaming. You touched her. Mm-hmm. She now Zoe is his other Boston Terrier, who's like the girlfriend that won't stop calling. All she wants to do is lay on Crazy. you and stick her tongue down your throat. And she can't take no for an answer. Like you give her, you look at her and you tell her she's a good girl and she has to like climb up your chest. Yep. She just, there's no stop button with her. So when she got sick, the doctor didn't pick up on the fact that she had limes. She just gave her an allergy shot, which I highly suggest not doing regardless of what your dog is dealing with. So gave her an allergy shot, didn't check her levels at all. Sent, sent my father-in-law home who doesn't know about these types of things like we do and she got sicker and sicker and sicker. She wound up having a horrible skin infection, which made her lose all of her hair because that is just how the limes manifested for her as well as joint pain. So anytime that she'd lay on you, you could not remove her because she would scream, 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 bloody murder. It was awful. If, she, if you were in bed with her, if she was next to you and you moved and like the mattress would dip and she'd start to roll, she'd yeah, scream. She'd scream. So she would like, shake. She couldn't move. It was so bad. So I think the peeing started because she just... Her nervous system was shot. She could not do anything on her own without being in pain. That was that was really bad. So limes can definitely mess the dog up as well long term. She still randomly shakes and has joint pain when she wakes up. Yeah. Okay. So let's say clean bill of health. Mm-hmm. She's all good. Yeah. How can we start chipping away at this problem? Now, if if she has a clean bill of health, but um, if she's refusing to go down the deck, I I would assume that this 
is probably a hip problem and maybe she's in a low level of pain. Let's say that's not the issue. Maybe her hips are fine. I'm definitely going to assume it's an anxiety behavior going on. I think they need to really look at their day-to-day. Is she getting enough attention? Um, Is she feeling okay? Like in terms of her like anxiety, does she feel like she's getting enough of them regardless of the kids? And that's hard sometimes when when you have a new baby. So, and an additional one, right? They have two kids. Yeah, two kids. Yes, one that's also young. So it's hard sometimes. Sometimes the dogs do fall to the wayside. So I would definitely look at your day-to-day and see what has changed for your dog through your dog's eyes before the baby got here. And did they also move into a new house? Yeah, they just moved. Yep. Oh, God. So like this is like a triple whammy. I think she's, I think just like we were saying with Zoe, I think her nervous system is probably just shot. It was just so much going on so quickly. And they need to try and get back to a baseline of normalcy for the dog. So maybe doing some mental stimulation to try and keep her a little bit more calm during the day and maybe make her feel a little bit more um, stimulated and mm-hmm. happy and right. just just fill that cup a little more. Yeah. Fill that cup a little bit more. Maybe go on. A, if she, if she's a walker, if she can walk, if the hips are not an issue, take her for a walk, just, just with you do what you can to kind of, like John said, fill her cup and make her feel super loved and wanted and that everything's okay. Um, try not to yell with the peeing because like you, like, you know, she picked her up and she couldn't even stop. So I'm just yeah. going to assume that this is, this is a nervous right. thing and a nerve it's, stress it, thing. It's got to be one of three things. It's got to be a, a medical issue. Yep. Um, it's got to be just so stressed out and just, or craving attention or some type of cognitive decline. Yeah. It's got to be one of those three things mm-hmm. because dogs don't. Typically, especially at 10 years old, they don't just forget. Yeah, I don't think she's forgotten. I think she can't hold it. Yeah. Now, I I have do have follow up questions. I want to know how many how many times is this happening a a day? Is it happening at happening at a certain time of day? How much is she peeing when she's doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, And where are the kids and her and her husband when this is happening? Yeah. So, Lauren, I'm going to email you after the show and try and get some more questions from you. Um, or answers to our questions from you and maybe we can dig a little deeper and hopefully figure out what's going on and hopefully she has a clean bill of health we don't have to worry about that i hope so because boston terriers are that's i got a very special place in my heart for boston terriers his boston terriers so ugly they're adorable they're not even ugly well maybe they are but they're so cute well bruno was ugly bruno was always beautiful like it's so funny how they're both Boston Terriers, but they look they looked so different. Yeah, polar opposite Boston Terriers. Like Bruno was like ugly, like what is it, Grumpy Cat? Like the big features. The grumpy cat, but the eyes went in different directions. Yes. Bruno's like eyes literally high, went left and right. Chronic high blood pressure or something. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't good. Um and he he had that like that grumpy cat puss on all the time. Now Zoe is just this gorgeous, petite, active, beautiful, amber eyed girl. She's gorgeous. They're very different body structures in terms of uh, Boston Terriers for sure. Yeah. Good luck, Lauren. And please keep us in a loop. Yes, we definitely want to know what's going on with your pup. And if you've submitted and asked the trainer question, promise we will get to every single one and we will answer it on the podcast. So just stay tuned and you'll get an email from me letting you know, hey, we answered your question on this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's at around this timestamp. But please listen to the whole episode because that'd be great. 
All right, so that's all we have for this episode. If you're interested in mental stimulation, you can head over to positiveuniversity.com forward slash recommended or just navigate through the menu to our PU recommended products list. Also, the link is in the show notes. You can find a full list of all the like work to eat toys. Well, we did mention the marrow bones on the Elvis Duran show and so many people didn't catch what I said. So they were like, what were those bones you were talking about? So those are amazing. If you don't have them already, go get them. They're the best investment ever. Yeah, so those are on there as well. Um, I actually added something new to the list today. Did you? What'd you add? It's one of our favorites. I don't know why it wasn't on there. What? The Starmark Treat Ring Orb. Oh, Opal loved that. Yeah. She was too good it's at it. It's a really it. long... I wish they had a better name for it. But Yes. <laughs> but it's it's this, uh, it's a treat dispenser. Basically, it's a big circle, and you have these ring treats that you have to buy separately, and they snap onto an inner ring inside of the larger ring, and it's really hard for them to get to. They could just get to it with like their front teeth. Mm-hmm. And it basically, you know, it keeps them entertained for a really long time because yes. they just work at Star getting Mark those treats. makes really great toys. And they're durable. Yes. They don't break. They last a long time. Yeah. So you just need the refills, which is fine. So head over to e- either the link in the show notes or com forward slash recommended. And you can see that full recommended list. Oh, yeah. The link to ask the trainer if you want to submit a question to us is on there as well. Please go ahead and follow us on Instagram. We're always putting out fun facts and little information. And Jamie put a selfie up with her favorite mug. So Did I look pretty? Very, you looked beautiful. Thank you. Everybody loved it. And it's got more likes than my posts that I put so much work into with research. So, you know, that's always fun. That's <laughs> all it takes. A it's pretty girl fun. in a mug. Well, I was going to take a picture of me and Oakley, but he looked exceptionally sleepy. He always looks sleepy. I know, but he wouldn't take a picture with me. I got very upset. Please subscribe to this podcast. Send it to somebody in your life that has a dog that you think would really appreciate this podcast and the info we put out. And until next week. Class dismissed.